right, everybody, it is finally Friday, Friday the 10th, February the 10th, and that means it is time for the North Country Fishing Report right here at KBFD 89.9 FM. I'm Dale Luganville. Thank you very much for joining me, and let's get into it. All right, so I uh, headed out here on Pelican Lake in Orr, Minnesota. Uh, ice conditions are pretty dang good. Um, there's, you know, we don't have a ton of roads plowed out here. There is uh, one section where there's some roads plowed, and uh, some people have taken their houses off, so there's a couple slots to even get in there. So if you want to venture off, <clears throat> I think you could if you had a good truck and good tires. Uh, ice thickness is decent, but I would definitely still proceed with great caution. There is uh, still a couple slushy spots, but it's not bad. So if you have a machine... Man, it sounds like you can, the, the whole lake is your playground if you got a snowmobile or probably even a four-wheeler at this point. You can kind of kind of go where you would want. And uh, I would kind of think getting away from the crowd, and I use crowd loosely, um, is probably going to up your chances. Uh, I was actually out tonight. I went out looking for walleyes and had a pleasant surprise of getting in some crappies. So I got some nice uh, higher marks, reeled up to them, and, then, and they hit. So that was that was good. I uh, was I lost a, a one spoon to what I can only assume to be a northern. It felt rather large. Um, of course, all fish they get off are large, aren't they? So that's uh, what I got. I found the crappies in 16 feet of water. So hopefully that helps. Now, they did hit a spoon. It was actually a larger spoon because I was fishing for walleyes. I had a dead stick down as well with a smaller minnow, and they didn't touch that. So the spoon, the jigging uh, worked a lot better. So there's your ore area report. Now, let's hit the rest of the North Country. All right, first up this week, let's go up to uh, the Brainerd area, Red Lake with Mr. John Seeley, No Boundary Brain- Guide Service. What's Brainerd? Going on? Did I say Red Brainerd? Bur- yeah, that's a long way <laughs> for me, buddy. <laughs> Bemidji, or as I like to say, Bermidji. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although not too burr today. It was pretty nice. No, it's it was beautiful out there today. Yeah. Uh a little frustrating. Uh yeah, snowmobiles for whatever reason they don't like to run when it's fifty degrees out. Well that's a problem too, yeah. True. Yeah, so my my snowmobile is on the lake still. Oh he's no. Oh yeah, he's gonna cool off out there until tomorrow. <sighs> so we're yeah. gonna Last time I left the machine uh, <laughs> overnight, <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> it's still to be recovered. This one shouldn't be too bad. I think I could have just drove my truck out onto the lake tonight and loaded it by hand, but I really didn't feel like going through all that rigmarole as it's getting dark on the reservation. And yeah, it's so, yeah, I, it, it's it, yeah. You don't want to get that yeah. stuck, then you're really in a yeah so luckily it was beautiful out today i was able to just walk it's like three quarters of a mile is where i ended up out there so okay. it, it really wasn't too bad so i'm just i'm gonna go pick up some spark plugs and uh and let it cool off tonight and and hopefully get it running in the morning and maybe uh exact some revenge on the bluegills and crappies i was on <laughs> for so. well that's what you're after i uh 
I was watching the Snapchats. Uh, so if yeah. anybody's interested, then go follow follow you. Is your Snapchat public? I guess I should ask that before I start spouting it off. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, okay. my Snapchat's public. Yeah, right. it's John Three Sealy. If you wanna wanna come follow the the random adventures that I go on, you know, every <laughs> once in a while I get a hair and I I send everybody some big snaps and try to have fun and. Normally, it doesn't end up working out where I actually can fish. So you didn't catch anything today? Well, no, I caught a few fish. I mean, the limited time I had, I felt okay with what I did. I think I caught four or five bluegills and two crappies. And were they the the size you were hoping for? No, the lake I went to was known for very, very, very big bluegills and uh, an abundance of crappies, not necessarily big ones, but... Uh, we didn't find an abundance of crappies, and we didn't find the big bluegills. So, well, when you're uh, limited on time and uh, mobility, that's you know, yeah, do the yeah. best you can. Well, what's yeah. uh, what else is shaking in your area? The burbot bite. Oh, the burbot. They've awakened from their long, long summer naps. I know they don't really nap in the summertime, <laughs> but you know what? That's that's what we think, anyways. So. No, they're uh, they're up and moving. They're starting to to get wiggly and getting up on these brake lines, and and they're they're cleaning out areas pretty heavily right now. So really, yeah, yeah. I I, I honestly think Dale. Now within these next two weeks, this is going to be the best burbot bite of the season. The next two weeks. So you're saying like this weekend, I might want to venture west. Uh, That's what you're telling me. You know what, Dale? I think this next week, I think it'll be two weeks from right now. Oh, I think two weeks from right now peak, is peak. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think that's going to be the peak burbot bite. I mean, typically what we see is, like, the smaller males start moving up and they start screwing around up in these brake lines and, and little shelves and humps and stuff that they're going to spawn on. Um, so they'll come up and clean off the areas, and then the females are right behind them, and these females are the ones you want to catch. Those are the fish that are going to be pushing double digits in poundage and uh they're gonna give you a run for your money if you're fishing with walleye gear hmm well man although although with the females i'd want to probably release those if you could if you could at least tell it was laden with uh eggs yeah yeah you'll want to let go those bigger females yeah i want to bring some home in the bucket though for sure and what's interesting with bourbon is like you really like if you catch a 10 pounder and a three pounder you're not going to get very much more meat off of that 10-pounder than you do the 3-pounder. That's pretty true. I mean, I've never cleaned a 10-pounder, but what I do know in the few eel pot that I've cleaned is that it's remarkable uh, how much, how little meat you get off of uh, compared to the overall size of the fish. Like, it's basically that backstrap, right? They have, like, no side meat whatsoever. They They are a backstrap and a gut. That is, that, yeah. That is, that's what makes up an eel pout. Yeah. So I, I normally take the back straps and the tail right where the gut kind of meets that bottom tail fin. Mm-hmm. That, that's where I start to take that tail meat off and run that along the back of the spine there. But yeah, there's just really not a whole lot of meat on them. So I mean, it's in your best interest to just keep the the two to four pounders anyways and let anything bigger than that go to spawn and and do their thing. Well, and have a brand. I have a whole new uh, rabbit hole that I went down, and I tried it on some smaller fish. I tried it on bass and crappies, and, and it was delicious. But fish liver, and on eel pout, they have really big livers. Now I know when you say fish liver, like, and I admit, because even myself, I'm like, boy, that just doesn't sound good. Uh, 
it tastes way better than it sounds. I promise you that. You know, Dale, I think I might just take your word for it. <laughs> Someday I'm going to make you some, and you're going to be like, dang, that was pretty good. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm open to trying it, but I don't know. If I'm I think gonna it's going to be a hard sell it. for most people. That's why I oh, experimented right. on myself first, and I was uh, more than pleasantly surprised. I will, I will definitely be... So now yeah. that's I'm even more excited to go burbot fishing so that I can not only get the meat and try and do my poor man's lobster bisque that I'm going to make, but then yeah. I, can, I can play around with the liver too. So, well, let's talk uh, walleyes on red. What do you what do you what do you know? Uh, the walleye fishing on Red Lake's been steady, but it hasn't been crazy crazy good. I mean, it sounds like some people are catching fish and some people are just having a dreadful time. There's a lot of smaller fish in the lake this year i've noticed uh not a lot of fish you know in the past few years guys have struggled to get their unders well you know it's it seems like this year it's been the exact opposite that guys are kind of struggling to get their their 17 to 19 inch fish that they would keep but uh the fishing's been steady the crappie fishing's been really good up there still um, if you can get on top of some fish, it's been really good, but the walleye fishing has just been steady all year. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, that's not, I mean, it's steady. Like I said, it's not like lights out, but you know, yeah, you gotta it, go up there and you can't catch them from the couch as they say, unless of course you have a couch in your ice house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably the best, you know, section of roads you're going to find in the state. I think all those resorts do a really good job of keeping their roads maintained and, and moving to stay on top of fish. That's one thing I've noticed here these last few weeks is, boy, they'll pound out an area and they're just done with it when they're done. I mean, the amount of abandoned hole slots up, uh, house slots up there is incredible. There's just roads mangled everywhere. Wow. So. Well, we're winding down on the old uh, walleye season here. So if people still want to get in on it, they better uh, they make their choices. Have you heard anything about like Leech, Winnie, any of those area lakes? Uh, you know what? The the fishing pressure has really went down on Winnie here, it seems like, the last couple weeks. And I think that's just a, a result of how poor the fishing was out there this winter. I don't think things were ever super great. I think that's another one of those lakes where you're, it's in your best interest to get off those resort roads and, and go wander and do your own thing instead of sitting there with the rest of the crowd. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That seems to be a, you know pretty consistent story almost anywhere you go really but of course this year it's been difficult because off-road travel has been yeah real sketch due to conditions and i think that's going to change here in the next few weeks dale i think you're going to see a lot of people starting to drive out right through the snow the lake i was on tonight only had like five inches of snowpack on it yeah barring any major uh, weather event which i don't really see in the future uh, the, the lakes are getting better. Yeah, it's just going to get progressively better. I mean, this last cold snap we had should have really, really solidified any slush pockets that were left up in the north here. And, you know, we're not going to get any crazy amounts of snow. So I, I think as we keep getting these nice, warm, sunny days and cold at night, it, we're going to really get some nice lake travel here for the last month and a half of ice fishing. We shall see. All right. Well, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. If you want to come do some fishing with me uh, in the Snow Bear, you can give me a phone call or shoot me a text at 218-368-7246 or just look me up on Facebook at No Boundaries Guide Service. Or follow them on Snapchat.
Oh, yeah. Follow me on Snapchat, <laughs> John3Sealy. Yeah. Awesome. So. All right, John, stay safe and good luck out there. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Appreciate it, Dale. Have a good one, bud. Okay, bye. Let's whip on over to North Dakota, go up to Devil's Lake, the Turtle Mountains, and check in with our boy Clay Hool with CNZ Guide Service. What's happening, buddy? Not a whole lot. Just got off the lake. Nice. Uh, good report. What do you got for me? Um, we had a uh, beautiful, the last few days has been in the 30s. Today is in upper 30s, 34 degrees. How um, nice does that feel? <laughs> uh, good. Actually, we just got out of a cold front that was about a week long, and the bite wasn't the best, but it's starting to pick up now. Nice. Right on. So what are you, what are you finding around Devils? What's that bite look uh, like? Devils, um, I mean, anywhere from what I'm seeing, and we went on Sunday, we were at 14 all the way to 44 feet. Holy smokes. So it's back and forth, back and forth. When they're out there in that 44-foot uh, depth, are they on the bottom or are they suspended? They're on the bottom. Oh, man. Then that's kind of makes for some tough fishing. It's oh, not, yeah. You want to be careful if you're catching and releasing out there. Those fish, you're going to get some barrel trauma on those. Oh, yeah. And that are the perch out there or just walleyes or both? Uh, perch and a little bit of both, and actually even – out in the deeper basins where we we're fishing, we we're even getting on a little bit of the white bass. I was that just, was a, you read my mind. I was just going to ask you if the, that if was, uh, get on those. Oh, yeah. We, I was using a perch rod with four pound tests and 44 feet of water, man. That was fun. That'll give you a run. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a blast. Man, so what was the, what was the lure that was working on those? Uh, I was using a PK rattle spoon tipped okay. with a middle head. Nice. Right on. Dude, that's great. And then, and then I just got off Lake Minagoshi. Um, at uh, the basin, they're out in the basins anywhere from 14, 21 feet, uh, waxworms and tungstens. Uh, you uh, only use plastics ever at all up there, or that pretty much a meat uh, kind of a mission? No, no. Usually when March comes, when I start really fishing for myself hard. Okay. So I put on uh, plastic. And then I tip it. I tip it with a spike or a waxworm. I got you. So pretty much just uh, straight meat right now. Yeah, straight meat right now. And when March Madness comes, I call it. Um, I like running a white silky tipped with a waxworm. There you go. Right on. That sounds like a pretty deadly combination, actually. But, yeah, I use a. I was tonight. I was using a Wonder Bread clam tungsten with a um, tipped with red spikes. And that was uh, that was putting them topside, huh? Yeah, put it on side. No huge ones tonight. A lot of good eaters. Enough for some fish tacos. Oh, you and I are on the same page. I've I've got I got fish in the sink thawed out as we speak for that very thing. Oh yeah, uh, the girlfriend is at home right now, actually making homemade tortillas. Mm, perfect. Well, sounds good. Anybody hey, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you if they want to on uh, fishing with you on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram at CNZ Guide Service. Uh, my website, www.cnzguideservice.com, or my cell number is 701-550-0956. Outstanding. All right, stay safe. Good luck out there, and we will talk to you next week. All right, Dale. Take care, bud. You bet. Well, now we're going to go south a little bit and uh, down to the Mille Lacs area with Captain Ryan Kelly with Laguna Guide Service. What's happening down in the Mille Lacs area? Well, perch are biting. <laughs> that's 
what I've been hearing, actually. It's been a con- not just from you, but from uh, um, some buddies that have been out there. Um, were you out today at all? Huh. Ah, working on snowmobiles maintenance oh. day today. Jeez, well, I mean. Super fun. Beautiful out. I did it with the garage door open. I was going to say, it was so nice out today. Uh, just absolutely yeah, beautiful. Quite- quite the waste <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well the the snowmobile seems to be a, a theme uh john seeley uh one of our other guides contributors here in the show he his is uh, still on the lake uh, he goes warm weather and snowmobiles don't mix i was like oh that's not good he's like yeah yeah i'll have to get it tomorrow we said well so with the perch where were people uh people finding the perch uh well i'm i'm hearing reports of people finding them uh kind of all around but where i've been doing best is out on the flats and that's just because that's where i've been doing best on walleyes all season and that's where i've been doing well on perch the last couple weeks so i've just been kind of sticking out there and it's it's been a fun bite for the perch the walleyes during the day if you want to catch walleyes you got to move around so you got to kind of make a decision do you want to stay on the deep edge of the flats and try to catch perch during the day or do you want to move around and try to catch a big walleye so that's that's kind of how we've been breaking it down. And if you're moving around chasing those walleyes, you then are you getting away from that edge and kind of well, the basin they or can, where they, they can kind of be wherever. The walleye bite isn't what it was in early January. Early January, it was really good. Right now, I would say it's pretty pretty average for this time of year. You know, it's midwinter. We're definitely in that midwinter pattern. So my recommendation on the walleyes is just be mobile. Don't be afraid to go up on top of the flat. There's going to be some fish up there, especially if there's certain pieces of structure, like a high spot or a point, something like that. Or uh, a lot of times you'll see these big crevices or erosions running down the sides of the flat. The big walleyes really like those. I think they use them as ambush points or maybe they just kind of rest in there. I'm not sure, but they like using that stuff. So when you find those little anomalies on the flats that's where you want to be looking for the walleyes those are good high percentage spots but just drilling holes up and down the edges of the flats that's going to be your most consistent going up on top trying to find the the high points on the flat that can also hold some walleyes points high spots those erosions the other thing you can do is you can go off the edge of the flats into the basin and look for them out there but that's tricky just because there's nothing it seems like at times there's nothing that you're going off of. So when I go fish the basin, usually what I'm doing is I'm looking for bait. So if there's a lot of tulipy around or if that area happens to have perch in it, that that's usually my indicator that there's probably some big walleyes in that area too. I know uh, I used to kind of get on the break and I would just, I would drill a bunch of holes and I would kind of weave my way up and down that break. And then, yeah, I would just hole hop until, you know, uh, yeah, and that, a little bit, and if nothing shows up within like you know five that's, minutes, that's, I would move. That's perfect. That's what you want to be doing. Uh, you know, but kind of the cheat way of doing it is I get to be out there every day during the summer, so you mark spots on your GPS, and you know erosions anywhere where you see big concentrations of bait uh, during the summer when you see bugs. Like this, this isn't necessarily advice for going out tomorrow, but this is just good <laughs> advice for in the future. If you're going out there in the summer and you're fishing and you notice certain areas where there's a big bug hatch or where there just happens to be a lot of commotion and activity out there, or if you're going along the flat with your side imaging and you see a 
big erosion running up into the flat because they kind of look like little mesas with those erosions coming down the sides of them like you see out west. It, it kind of looks like that on the edges of some of these flats, especially where the isobars tighten up and, you know, it's a nice dramatic drop off the edge. When you find those, those are a lot of times going to be the same spots that are going to hold them during the winter. Those erosions are a big deal. It, it's surprising how many nice white little ping pong paw looking marks you see in those erosions during the summer. Big fish, they like to hang out in those. That's a really good tip. I never really thought about that, but I, when you say it, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, and if yeah. you got good electronics, you know, side scan or down imaging, you could, and you find those things. Yeah, it'd, it'd be well worth your while to start you dropping know, I, some pins there. Yeah, and you know, like uh, efficient fishermen. A great time to do this is when you're trolling lead core. A lot of all guys like to troll lead core late in the summer. Just uh, go up and down the edges of the flats, and when you see those nice erosions or when you see the high spots, when you see stuff that sticks out, especially a transition, you know, some a lot of these flats, we call them mud flats, but some of them have sand on them. Some of them are kind of that peat bog mixture. Other ones have just different consistencies. Wherever you find those transitions on the flats, those are also going to be key spots too. So during the summer, I know it's not a tip for today, but during the summer, you mark those spots, and they really pay off in the winter. You can start narrowing things down. It's a lot easier to find them in open water than it is on ice. Yeah, that's, I mean, I've done that for panfish on other lakes, too. You know, for ice up, I'll go around and find the kind of the basin schools. And generally speaking, it's not always, but generally speaking, you can go back there once there's ice, and you'll find those schools. They won't be far. Yeah, you know, and that that's a really good point with panfish. They won't be far. And, you know, a bluegill's not made to go distances. They're made to yeah. go in little circles. Right. So when you find them in an area, if winter comes around and they're not right where you were marketing, marking them in October, you know, just drop off the edge. They're probably right there. Yeah, probably not too far. Um, I don't know if you have access to good electronics, you know, I did the old, the hard way, like I said, I'd drill, you know, a million holes up and down that break and just hole hop, but you could, you might be able to trim some of that down if you got uh, some forward facing sonar, you know, live scope or something like well, that. Well, yeah, and that, de that definitely makes a big difference too. And, you know, you can, you can cut down the amount of holes you drill drastically with the live sonar, but you also have to know how to use it, too. I think a lot of people go up on top of the flat and shine that thing around and go, oh, there's nothing there. Well, when you're on top of the flat, you're not necessarily going to mark the ones that are just off the edge. Right. So it, it's kind of a line of sight thing. you got to understand how the sonar works. So Yeah, I, was, like, I, I, I try to describe it like you're shining a flashlight, right? So yeah, you shine yep. that flashlight, and if it drops steeply, you're not going to see down. Like That light's going to go over like you're actually kind of casting a shadow. So you're going to want to get off that. You almost want to go deep and and shoot shallow. Absolutely, and the same goes for 2D sonar. You know, you think of that flashlight, it's sending a cone down, but it's going straight below the boat. A lot of people I know, especially when you get into that Cass Lake, Leech Lake, where you have those nice dramatic drop-offs and stuff like that, guys are looking for walleyes on the edges. A lot of people don't understand, but you have to mark the fish going up onto the reef. So you have to be going up the structure in order to see the fish that are tight to the bottom edge. If you come off of the structure, what it, what you're marking is the highest point. Right. That that sonar is going to be bouncing back off the highest point, and so that line of sight's a little different. But that's a good tip because you drive over a lot of stuff if you don't know that, thinking, "Oh, there's no fish here," not realizing that your sonar is not quite pointed the same way. But 
I think uh, what I should do is probably give a little, a little bit of um, an actual fishing report on the lacks right oh, now. Oh, sure, hit us. So there, you know, the three main structures. You got the rocks, the gravel bars, and the mud flats for guys going for walleyes. If you want to catch fish during the day, you're just going to have to pop holes and stay mobile. If you are just going out to your wheelhouse or your permanent, the overnight bite, guys are catching fish right now. It's, uh, you know, pull out your jigging spoons, your quarter ounce rattle spoon, pull, throw a minnow head on it, jigging the low light times, you know, sunrise, sunset. That's how you'll get fish. But uh, a lot of the fish will come overnight on your set line. You get a dead stick or a rattle reel, just put down, you know, a three, four inch minnow, whatever you can find. Minnows are kind of tough to find right now, but try putting one on a glow jig, one on a plain hook. Sometimes they prefer one, one offering over the other, put it about a foot and a half off the bottom. You'll catch some fish overnight. I mean, there's a lot of guys are catching some fish overnight right now. But my big advice is if you're going out to your permanent, uh, if you have the capability of moving it around, try to avoid other people. So like a lot of guys are going to be kind of stuck to the rocks right now, just because that's as far as a lot of the resorts are plowing out. If you're going out with your permanent, I would try to get away from the crowds, get away from the commotion, try to find your own quiet little area at the end of the road. Or, you know, if that even means staying in shallow and not going quite out as far, because a lot of times these houses kind of leapfrog their way farther and farther out into the lake. Sometimes it opens up a prime opportunity, especially late season like we're at right now, to come in back shallow into that, you know, 10, six sometimes even four feet of water you'd be surprised how many fish will use those shallow rock reefs on a you know a nice moonlit night like we have right now so you just put your rattle reels down turn the lights down a lot of the fish can see that light coming down the hole so you want to be quiet turn the lights down get in shallow and get away from the crowds and the generators and the commotions and all the traffic that's going out on the lake and that's how you'll pull up some fish and some big fish too uh, the other thing is if you're if you're going out during the day and you're going out on a side-by-side or your snowmobile or four-wheeler, going out to the flats is a great way to catch fish right now. Uh, the walleyes, like we were talking about earlier, you can go pound 100 holes out there and move up and down the flats during the day looking for aggressive fish. Uh, Quarter-ounce jigging spoon with a minnow head, just a big slab rattle spoon. That's that's all you need. Something bright, whatever your favorite color is. I don't necessarily know if it makes that big of a difference a lot of the time. But the thing that's been going really well out there for us has been the perch bite. I would say about 32 feet of water seems to be about the sweet spot. You're trying to get close to the edge of the flat, but you're not right on the edge of the flat. And Sit in a spot for 20, 30 minutes and uh, just see if a school comes through. If you can't get any schools to come through in 20, 30 minutes, move down. But I would say find the deep water adjacent to the flat and find that 32-foot water mark. That seems to be best. And a big jigging spoon is a great way to call them in. Just a big rattle spoon, a bright colored quarter ounce, you know, rattle spoon with a minnow head calls in perch from a long ways away. But once they come in, a little tungsten jig, a little gold number four or five tungsten jig covered up with a bunch of maggots, that uh, that seals the deal on them. They can't resist that. Nice. Well, great report. Hit everybody with your uh, deets. Uh, name's Ryan, uh, Laguna Guide Service. Laguna spelled wrong. It's L-A-G-O-O-N-A. And you can find it on social media or fishlaguna.com. 
Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, be safe. Good luck out there, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the North Country Fishing Report here on KBFT 89.9 FM. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you are uh, driving around the area and you're catching us on your radio, thanks for tuning in. Otherwise, I assume that you are listening via the web at kbft.org. And we also have a mobile app. So go to your app store, download the KBFT app, and you can take us wherever you want. If you're out there ice camping, and you got your phone with you, you can still listen to North Country Area Fish Report, as well as all the other great programming we have available here at KBFT 89.9 FM. Be safe out there, good luck, and we will talk to you next week.